0: One verse of scripture while you're standing this morning, John 15 and 8. John 15 and 8. The Lord said, speaking to his disciples, Herein is my Father glorified. This is how God gets the glory. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. And so shall you be my disciples. So today we're going to talk about, take a phrase, a statement from the Lord, that you bear much fruit, that you bear much fruit, praise God. Let's, let's pray together for the lesson this morning. Lord, we love you and thank you for your word. And Now let our ears be open to hear what the spirit would say. Let our hearts be good ground to receive the word so we can grow and be better, be changed and challenged. Lord, we want to be more like you, and we want to be ready to meet you when you come. We just ask these things today in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise for his word this morning. Thankful for the word of God. You can be seated, and the Lord bless you. That we bear much fruit. This is the way God gets the glory. This, This statement could be akin to, you're the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Fruit and good works would be equivalent. uh, That They would see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So God gets the glory when we're producing. There's going to be a visible uh, presence in our life once the Lord comes to us. You don't serve the Lord as a secret agent, incognito, you know, uh, in a disguise under on the down low. You don't you you when when he moves in, there's gonna be things coming out. Things are gonna be producing, things are gonna be showing. And and in, in that in John 15, it's a very good chapter of the Lord telling his disciples, Abide in me, and I in you, and because the branch cannot bear fruit on its own. Without him, we we're we're barren. No matter what we're doing, it's still counted as barrenness. It doesn't matter if you're doing all kind of things. If you're not in Him, it doesn't equate to good works or fruit because it's got to be done in Him. He said, Abide in me and, I you, and you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. There are people today that don't love the Lord, don't serve the Lord, don't think about the Lord, but they would buy you a meal if they thought you was hungry. They would give you the shirt off their back if they thought it would help you get along down the road, but but it's not about they're doing it because they love the Lord or because the Lord said uh, treat people like that. They just think I mentioned this the other day. There's you know humanism is alive and well in the world, and people think that you know that's it. We're humans. We're going to die. That'll be the end of it. So just be good to people while you're here, and uh, while that's that's you know you should be good to people, but. Uh, we realize that we're good to people because the Lord's good to people and that we're his creation and we're all created in his image so we don't bless God with our mouth and then curse our fellow man with our mouth who's made in the image of God. We, uh, you know, A fountain can't bring forth uh, sweet water and bitter water at the same time. It's going to be one or the other. And so even in Scripture, one place it says either make the tree good and the fruit good or make it bad. You know, but there's going to be some sort of fruit there that you will be identified by. And so uh, in uh, Jesus making this statement here, um, he said, to glorify my Father, he said, do something with what he give you. Do something with what he's put inside of you, and that's how, uh, you're my disciples because so if, if we are as disciples, that means part of these uh, this bearing this fruit is going to be love because that's how the world will know we're his disciples. If we have love one toward another, the fruit of the Spirit begins with love. And so when we have love one toward another, uh, faith worketh by love. Well, faith without works is dead. So if faith works by love, we have love, we have faith, it's going to be working. I don't want dead faith. You can have, because you can have a body without a spirit, and it's dead. And you can have faith without works, and it's dead. There's got to be a production from what God has given us. That's why one place it says, "Now, you know, perform it, do it. If there's be first a will in mind, you know, then do it. Don't worry about what you don't have. Just do it. There needs to be a performance out of what has been given to us. God did not just call us to. Uh, out of darkness to stand still and never do anything. He said, shine that light. Be the salt of the earth. But in this place, he has made a reference to us as trees, that we are trees. Uh, Isaiah 61 tells us that uh, the Lord has done all he did that we might be the planting of the Lord, trees of righteousness, so that we would bring forth fruit. David said in one place, I am like a green olive tree in the house of the Lord. Even the wicked that don't know God are referred to as the green bay tree. That Though it spreads itself out, uh, when the storms come, when things happen, it disappears and you find it no more. It doesn't exist anymore. And so uh, there are places in Scripture that we all referred to as trees. And, that, uh, and with these trees, there's going to have to be some tending. Now, you know, if you have fruit trees, I, I, again, I've made this abundantly clear. I am no gardener I am not I have no green thumb no green toe I don't have no green nothing that ain't me but I have heard people talk about that kind of stuff and and a lot of times when they say they have fruit trees they you need more than one so they can uh, something happens there you go and uh, but by itself it's not good you might it might grow it might have leaves but it may not produce fruit because it doesn't have what it needs to produce, and I do know that even if you plant fruit trees, you got to take care of them. Now, if you plant something, I mean, you've got to make sure you dig the hole right. You need to make sure the soil's right. You need to make sure you're protecting it if freezing cold's coming while it's young, and and uh, you keep, you know keep it watered in the hot days. You got to keep animals from eating it up before it grows up, and you got to tend it. In the very beginning, God gave that. Uh, Uh, job to man. He put Adam in the garden to dress it and to tend to it and take care of it. And so there are times that we need to be taking care of these trees. And God did not uh, call us into this and and tell us that we need to bear much fruit without knowing he would have to tend to us sometimes. See, God's invested in his vineyard. Uh, The Bible talks about us being grafted into the vine so that while we were once wild olives, but now we're grafted into the good branch. And so you know, many times it talks about us like that. And, and so God's invested in his people. He's, He's paid a price for us. He's, He's done some things to make sure we can survive. He, he wants you to live, but he wants you to produce. He doesn't want you to just survive. He wants you to live. He said, I have come that you might have life. And that phrase there translates to to have a life. You know, you can be alive and have no life. You, you know what I'm saying? You're just existing. You feel like I'm just in, a, in limbo here. But, but God didn't come for you to just be in limbo and just to stand still and take up space and breathe the air he give you. He, he, he wants you to produce. He said, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. He, he makes this statement after he tells us you have an enemy. That has come to kill, steal, and destroy. He said the enemy will come and do its very best to destroy what I have put in you, but I've come that you might have life. And, and in doing that, sometimes he brings us back to life. <laughs> he doesn't just give us that new life sometimes, sometimes he, he brings us back to life. He revives us. Um, and, uh, but he, the, the whole premise there is that he wants you to be successful. And he wants you to bear much fruit. He wouldn't say to do it if it wasn't possible. Don't ever think, oh, it's just impossible to live for God. It's just impossible to, no, it's not. Because he made it possible. Uh, you know, the Apostle Paul, the, it's, it's amazing the scriptures get quoted so many times without any faith behind them. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And yet people won't do nothing. But, oh, that encourages, we give it to somebody else. When somebody else is going through it, oh, you can do all things through Christ. Why don't you you take a spoonful of that yourself and ingest it and hear what you're saying and know that I can do anything that God has given me to do. I can be what God wants me to be. Don't ever think, well, I'll never measure up to what God wants me to be. Listen, God wants you to fear him and keep his commandments. That's the whole duty of man to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. You, 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 we put so many things on us that we think, oh, that's why I'll never measure up. But but God is, is trying to tell you, I want you to succeed. I want you to prosper. But sometimes there's going to have to be some work done in that prospering. I want, I want to read it's, it's, it's the first part of this uh, next passage. Is, it's a little strange going into what we're doing, but, but it sets a uh, a foundation for how God looks at us and what God wants for us. In Luke uh, chapter 13 and uh, verses 1 through 5, it says, there were present at that season some that told Jesus of the Galileans whose blood that Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and he said unto them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were sinners above all Galileans because they suffered these kind of things? Well, I'll tell you nay, but except you repent, you will all likewise perish. Now, that sounds like an ow, but he's really saying, I've given people a way out. If you, he said, if you'll repent, you won't have to worry about this. He said, but unless you, if you don't repent, you'll all likewise perish. And if you keep going in the direction you're going, you're headed to destruction. He said, or those 18 upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them, do you think that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And so God is telling us, I don't want people to perish. Peter summed it up like this, 2 Peter 3 and 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. God has made a promise to his people. And friend, you can read anything that Jesus said. Just bank it; it's promise. Yeah. I will not leave you. I'll forsake you. I'll be with you to the end of the world. I, I, I won't leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I, you know, he, over and over and over again, He has give us His word, His promises that help sustain us in our walk, in our daily life with Him, and not just sustain us and keep us where we are, but move us forward. Jesus called his disciples, and he said, follow me. I want you to move from where you are to where I'm going. I want you to go where I'm going. That's why he said, the things that I do, you will do, and greater things shall you do. He said, I want you to follow me, be with me. It kind of reminds me of when Elisha was following Elijah, and he said, what do you want? He said, a double portion. He said, well, if you go with me all the way, if you stick with me and see me when I'm taken away, you'll have it, but you're going to have to go with me and see that or it's not going to happen. We've got to make up our mind. Am I going to follow him all the way? Am I going to stick with him? He, there were multiple chances for Elisha to bail out. They stopped in different places. And uh, the prophets would come and say, Don't you know the Lord's going to take your master away today? He said, I know he's going to do that. He said, Just hold your peace. Don't, don't try to discourage me because I'm going. And even Elijah would say, Just stay here. And he said, As the Lord lives, I will not leave you. I'm going with you. And uh, we, we see that in the story of Ruth when Naomi was going back to her homeland. And she said, just go back to your people and go back. She said, mm where you go, I'll go. Where you lodge, I'll lodge. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. I've seen the blessing of the Lord on your life and I'm not leaving you and I'm going to stick with you. And that's the decision we have to make, that I'm going to stick with him. And, and all these people, Elijah or Elisha, got his double portion. Ruth marries Boaz and now Boom, here comes, she's in the lineage of Christ. And so we see how uh, God blessed these people because they were willing to stick with it. God was making a way that you didn't have to stop. Uh, Ruth had had great tragedy; She lost her husband. And, and um, you know, Elisha was going to be very sad because his, his master was being taken away. But, but all that, God didn't want them to stop because of this tragedy. He said, I want you to keep going. I want you to have something. So Peter said, the Lord's not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he is longsuffering to us. He, it, you know what that says? God puts up with us. And, and you may not feel, but God puts up with us. He puts up with our humanity. He puts up with our uh, silliness, our foolishness, us uh, tearing ourselves down, us, you know, just the way we do. God's just like, look, I'm longsuffering. Because I'm not willing. It's not my will for anybody to perish. It doesn't mean people won't. He said, but that's not my will. My will is that would all would come to repentance. That's a place where people can escape. That's where people can turn around. That's where you can change your direction. That's where you can get back on the right track. And so what's that have to do with anything? What I'm telling you is that uh, there are times as trees... That we're not bearing fruit, might as well amen it. There are times when we are not doing it like God wants us to do. It just it just is. There's times when we're not the best example for the kingdom. Well, it's the truth. But God is saying, even with that, I'm long suffering, and I don't want to throw you away. I don't want you to perish. I just want you to change your direction and get back to the way that you can be. Now, after he makes these statements about these people that had died and, and said, except you repent, you'll likewise perish, he goes into another parable. And in, in verse 6, he says this, a certain man had a fig tree. Here's this tree again. He, it was planted in his vineyard. He was the master of it. He owned this place. This was his. And he came to this this uh, tree and he said he sought fruit on it, but he did not find any. Now we know how Jesus is about not finding fruit on trees. He came to a fig tree in one place and there was nothing on it, so he cursed the tree and the tree withered up and died. He said because if you're not just going to st- sit here and take up space, if you're not going to be doing what you're supposed to be doing <laughs> and, and that tree was he, he was giving him an example but now he wasn't doing that to say that's what I do, I just cut people off. He was showing the disciples there that if you'll have faith in God, you can move mountains. You can do anything. You can say what you need to say, and it'll be done. But it just it brought back that image in my mind where he came looking on this uh, tree. He's looking for some fruit. I've invested in it. This tree's here. I planted it. It, it, I've had it planted. You know, there's no fruit on it. So he goes to the the dresser of the vineyard, and he says. Hey, for three years, I've stopped by here. Three years, that's long-suffering. I'm put up with this tree for three years. It's here. It's taking up a space, but it's not doing anything. The tree on this side's got fruit. The tree on that side's got fruit. And grapevines got fruit. Everything else is to do. This tree right here, nothing. For three years, I've come looking for fruit. He said, so cut it down. Why, we, why is it cumbereth the ground? Why are we just going to leave it here to take up space? This tree... Is in the vineyard, but there's no fruit on it. He's saying it's time to fix the problem or get rid of it. Well, thank goodness there's a dresser of the vineyard. And he said to the Lord, Lord, just leave this tree alone this year, also. Just leave it alone for a while. Now, three years. This man is looking for fruit off this tree. And I, I thought, how many times has God come to us seeking fruit, seeking proof of our planting? The Bible says we're the planting of the Lord. And, and he found us and he just let us be. because this guy's come. How many times in three years has he come by? it? You know, you think, we're thinking maybe once a year, but how many times? What if he came? You know, maybe if he came weekly. You know, I don't know, maybe, maybe he came, he knew it each season. So maybe it was just once or twice a year. But all these times he would come, nothing. But instead of taking it out, he let it alone. Let's leave it alone. I'll come back next year and check it. I'll come back and check it. I'll come back and check it. But the Bible says that God's spirit will not always strive with man. There are, or there are times that, that eventually we've got to do what God wants us to do. We've got to be what God wants us to be. And we don't do that on our own God works with us to do that. How many chances will God give us? He'll give us as many chances as it takes. Until you draw your last breath or until that trumpet sounds, you're going to have opportunity to get yourself where you need to be with God. And that's wonderful. As long as the sun is rising, there will be mercy. His mercy will be new every morning. But he sees this tree and it has the look of a tree that should be bearing fruit. And that's the thing, some, you know, some trees are fine with that. I'm in the vineyard. I look like all the other trees, at least part of the time. But it ain't about, I don't want to have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. I don't want to be fooling myself. Paul wrote to the Galatians, he said, if a man thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. And so I don't want to think I'm something just because this is where I stand every Sunday. Because when I walk away from this pulpit, I still got to live like the man God called me to be. I still got to live like I got the Holy Ghost that everybody else has got. I got to to still live by the same word that anybody else has got to live by. I've got to be bearing fruit. Because the scripture, too many times it says if it's not bearing fruit, cut it off, break it down, cast it off into the fire, get rid of it. Right here he says, this tree, three years, nothing. What are we going to do about it? We've got to bear fruit. We've got to produce and be what God called us to be. Luke 6 and 44 says, Every tree is known by his own fruit. Just being in the vineyard doesn't mean we're producing fruit. I've told people before, I said, you can go sit in the oven. That don't make you a biscuit. You know, that's the truth. Listen, listen, Every tree is known by his own fruit. You can't live off of somebody else's walk with God. Hello. You can't graft nobody else's apple to you. It's, you got to be bearing your own fruit. You can't live off another person's production. You've got to bear fruit for yourself. And so he's like the Lord or the dresser of the vineyard says to the Lord. He said, Lord, just let it alone this year, also. And I'm going to dig around it, and I'm going to I'm going to fertilize. Going, he actually says the word I'm going to dung it, which means to throw manure. The actual phrase there is to throw manure on it. But see, it's not God's will that any perish, but that they produce. God's not trying to cut you off if you're struggling right now. God, you're, you know, if you're Feel like, oh, I'm in a desert place. I'm in a dry place. I'm in whatever it is you're feeling. The Lord wants you to succeed. And man, that's that's enough for me to know that God does not want me to quit, to give up. He wants me to succeed. And he's going to make sure every possible avenue is taken that I can. It'll come through prayer. It'll come through preaching. It'll come through reading his word. It'll come through from attendance in the house of God. Somewhere, somehow, God's going to meet you and give you an opportunity to be restored, to be renewed, to be revived, to get back what you lost, whatever it is. But we've got to take some action in this. So not perish, but produce. And here's the dresser of the vineyard. Uh, I, I liken this, uh, the dresser as the Lord. And then, you know, the the Lord of the Vineyard, that's, you know, that's the Father in heaven. That's him. It doesn't mean they're separate people. We know better than that. But but I look at it like this because nobody, we're the planting of the Lord, so nobody knows us better than the dresser of the vineyard. And so the dresser of the vineyard, he intercedes for this tree. Just like Moses would intercede for Israel. God would be frustrated with him and said, How. Long enough, I have to deal with these people. Let me just get rid of them. And Moses, I'll keep you, and I'll just raise up another people unto you. And and Moses would say, well, if you're going to cut them off, just cut me off too. Let's don't do that. Let's give them another chance. Do this, do that. But God would do things to correct them. And so now, here is uh, this dresser of the vineyard. Here comes the Lord into our life, interceding. And he gave us the, the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that the Spirit makes intercession for us when we don't know what to pray, when we don't know what to say, when we don't know what to do. We pray in the Spirit. Uh, it says the Spirit makes intercession with us with groanings and, and sounds. you can't be interpreted by us, but it knows. So it's, it's doing, it's talking to God for us on our behalf. Don't cut them off, God. Give them some strength, Lord. Give them some peace. Give them some encouragement tonight. You know, Whatever it is, but the Spirit is making intercession for us because it's not the Lord's will that we perish. That's one of the reasons God gives us the Spirit to live inside of us so that when we get in those places where we're not bearing fruit like we should, that the Spirit can begin to intercede on our behalf. That's why we pray in the Holy Ghost, building up ourself on our most holy faith. That's that's why you don't neglect uh, those times, those presence of the Spirit like that and that, those times of prayer in the Spirit because it's for your good. God doesn't want you to perish. Hello? Come on. God wants you to make it. I want to make it. And I'm glad that I don't have to try to make it on my own that I've got the Lord on my side. He wants you to bear much fruit. And so... Uh, The dresser intercedes on behalf of this tree. He knows this tree. And this tree, this tree is at the mercy of the master. I'm glad the Lord has mercy. You know, so many times we feel like nobody sees what we're going through. Nobody knows what we're going through. Nobody cares. Nobody can help. But the Bible says you have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And you've got a God on your side the lord is your defense god is your help he's your strength he's your strong tower he's everything you've got to have and he's saying now let's let it alone this year till i can dig around it and fertilize it. let's leave it alone for now and you, know, you you may you may feel like man i'm in some kind of season something's going on right now well maybe this is your season of repair so we, we think that uh We get in a place like that and God's working on us. We don't understand what's happening. And we think there's something wrong with with me. Well, if there is, then God's trying to fix it. He's trying to repair it. He's trying to take care of it. So this might just be your season. This just might be your year. This just might be your time where uh, you need some doctoring. You need uh, some help. You need some fertilizing. You need something uh, from the dresser to get you better. Now, he said, I'm going to dig around it. I just think about that dresser. I remember when I planted you. I planted you here, and, I, and just like the Lord would say, I remember when I got you. I remember when I called you. I remember when you repented. I remember when I filled you with the Holy Ghost. I remember when you were baptized in my name. I, I remember when you started. I remember when you became the planting of the Lord. I, I remember that. And, and so he said, I'm going to have to dig around I'm going to have to expose the root. I got to get down to the root of the problem. See, so I'm going to have to expose some things. And, and sometimes the Lord will expose what's going on with us, not to others and not to humiliate us or embarrass us, but to fix us. He's not digging around his tree, telling all the other trees, hey, look, look at this guy. Uh, here's all his roots. Here's what's wrong with him. No, he's just, I'm, he's focused on this tree. I want to work on this tree. I want it to be better, so I'm going to throw some manure in there. Well, that's nasty. But man, sometimes God will use that mess to get a miracle. Sometimes sometimes it takes being in the hog pen to realize that you need the father. It was in the hog pen where the prodigal said, Woo! came to yourself and said, it's better at the father's house. I got to get back. And and so, you know, that manure, it smells. It's nasty. It's filthy. Uh, you know, you, you get it on your hands, you want to wash it off. You sure don't want to be trying to eat with manure on your hands or nobody wants to shake your hand. It's, uh, you know, some of y'all got got animals and stuff, horses. Y'all had to, what do they call it, muck them stables or something like that. Even that word, that sounds awful. Ugh. I don't want none of that. But, you know, you don't want that stuff on you. But the Lord said, I'll take what you think is awful and nasty. But to trees and plants, man, it's like, man, that's like vitamins. It's like their food. It's what they need. It helps them grow. That's why they sell it by the bag full. Yeah. That's why you see them with them big things just spraying it all over them fields. You ever drove by when that thing's going off? You can't stand it. You know smell when they somebody's getting rid of chickens and they got the house open. Oh my. But boy, they don't throw it away. Because there's as people say, Whoo, this stuff is valuable. It'll make stuff grow. It'll make money. I, I heard somebody say one time that, that chicken houses smell like money. Where's Brother Thomas at? He might can attest, he might he might say amen, but whew, I think I'd be washing my money. Uh goes, But here it is. Sometimes the things that we think are so awful or so, you know, awful and messy and terrible, God's just trying to help you grow. That's why the storms of life sometimes, they get us to where we need to be. I said this the other day, that, you know, anybody can just get in a boat and float on a calm sea, but, uh, you know, it's nothing. Hey, that's nothing. No waves, no ripples, no anything. We just... Straight across, no problems. I, I can just sit it on autopilot and just go ahead and sit on the deck. Man, I ain't got to worry about nothing. There's nothing coming. But it's in that storm that you learn how to really be a seaman or, or how to be a, uh, you know, a, a, a captain of a ship. You learn you know, you turn it this way, turn it that way, drop that, do this, do I, I'm not a sailor either. No green thuns, no sailor. But I'm just telling you, I, I know that anybody can just float around in a boat but man, somebody that's been on the seas, they've been through the storms. And they know how the weather of the storm. And that storm has made them experienced. Tribulation worketh patience. And patience, experience, and experience gives us hope. And hope makes us not ashamed. And so uh, we've got to remember sometimes what we're going through is just trying to birth something better in us. If tribulation works patience, the Bible says patience It's supposed to have a complete, perfect work in us. God's just trying to complete you sometimes by what you're going through. In the book of Psalm, uh, the very first book, Psalm chapter one, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. He doesn't sit in the seat of uh, of the scornful. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners. It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law does he meditate day and night. And then verse three says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. If whatever he does will prosper. See, God has given us a way to prosper. He, he said, one, you know what? Uh, he, he's talking about repentance. He doesn't stand with sinners or sit in the of the scornful. He turned away from things that would bring him down. He repented, but now he lives by God's word. And because he lives by the word of God, he's like a tree planted by the river of water and he's bringing forth his fruit. Well, how is God glorified that we bring forth much fruit? Our leaf won't wither. We'll have what we need and whatever we do will prosper. And so in this parable here, the tree is still under the hand of the Lord. You see, this tree's not forsaken. It's not bearing fruit, but it's not forsaken. It's not cared about. The dresser wants to work on it. Don't cut it down. Don't throw it away. Give me some time. I'll have to dig around it. I'll have to expose some things. But let, and let me put a little mess in the mix, but we'll get this tree where it needs to be. Just leave it alone this year. Give me a season. Give me a time to work on. Sometimes we go through things. There's a time and a season for all these things. And so God is still with you. God is there. He, 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 he's, you're under his hand. And we can either adhere to God's word, you know, or, or not. We can, we can let this thing work or we can not let it work. But sometimes you're just going to have some trouble, but that doesn't mean that you're in trouble. <laughs> sometimes we think, well, if I've got trouble, then I must be in trouble. 1 Peter 1, 5 and 6 said that we are kept by the power of, of God not just a form remember the scripture says some have a form of godliness but deny not the power thereof but we're kept by the power not the form we're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation which is ready to be revealed in the last time we're kept and then verse 6 says so now you greatly rejoice though now for a season if it needs to be like this you are in heaviness don't think it won't make you heavy somebody throws manure on me I'm not happy I'm in mess, I'm not happy, but that don't mean God don't love me, and that don't mean I don't love God. It may be trouble, it don't mean I'm in trouble. He said, so if needs be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. This is just how it has to be for a season, because it's going to help you to get to the end. In Job 23 and 10, he said, God knows the way that I take, even though I can't see him. He said, he knows the way I take, and when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. So God's trying Job to bring him down, to destroy him, to make him better. Psalm 119 and 67, the psalmist said, Before I was afflicted, before things came against me, I, I went astray. I was going the wrong way. But now, through this affliction, I have learned to keep your word. Hebrews 12 and 11 says, now, no chastening, that means correction. Uh, boy, now, correction is a lot different in, through Scripture and from years back as it is today. You know, I don't know who invented timeout, but man, them kids get off easy. Just go stand in the corner. Uh, if we went to the cor- corner, you, you got a whooping along with the corner and you went to, your, right. you went to the room. If you're at you a grandparent's house, you got to switch. I love you. Pap, pap, pap. But you learned not to pull the cat's tail anymore or put him in the dryer or the trunk of the car. I put my granny's cat in the trunk of the car one time. We were all outside about to leave, and they heard that cat. Row, and he was in the trunk. Who done that? It was me. But you don't take but a few stripes on that leg, you learn, I won't do that again. You you learn. So so no chastening for the present seems joyous, but it's grievous to us. But nevertheless, after it does yield or bring forth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So he said, this is done that you'll bring forth fruit, that you will yield fruit. That's what God wants in our life. In Zechariah 13 and 9, he said, I'll bring the third part through the fire. Well, Nobody wants to go through fire, but God said, I'll bring you through it. I'll refine them because that's how silver is refined. It gets all the impurities out. He said, I'll refine them as silver is refined. I will try them as gold is tried. And during this time, they're not. Listen, we're not forsaken in the fire, he said, because they will call on my name and I'll hear them. I'll say, well, God didn't say hear them, does he? Hear them. He's he's a little better with his grammar than I am. Uh, I will say, it is my people, but we're in the fire, and you're my people. It's hot. You're my people. I feel like nobody knows what's going on. You're still my people. My people, I will bring them through the fire and I will refine my people because I want them to be the best version of who they can be. God is simply trying to get our best. And sometimes you're going to have to present your worst to get the best. He told one man, there's a guy had a withered hand. He said, stretch forth your hand. And he had to, you know, everybody else standing around with hands at work and he said, you're going to have to show me what's ugly, what's not being used, what's not any good, so I can do something with it. He didn't do it to embarrass the guy. He said, I did it so I can fix you. And when he stretched forth his hand, because the guy could have said, no, he's showing my hand. That's embarrassing. But he trusted God, and he said, now stretch it forth. And it was made whole, just like, and there he was, just like that. Oh, it was uncomfortable for a moment. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know why he's doing this. I don't know why in the middle of all these people he's doing this, because he made him come and stand forth in the middle of everybody. But he said, I want to show you what I can do. If you're not afraid to show me your worst, I'll give you my best. I want you to be the best that you can be. David said uh, that the Lord brought him up out of a horrible pit. He was still David, giant killer, king of Israel, man after God's own heart. Got me out of some miry clay, got me out of some mess. And he set my feet upon a rock and he established my goings. He got me where I needed to go. God will get you out, set you up. Yeah. He'll get you out and then he'll set you up and move you on in the right direction. God wants you to be the best that you can be, that you may bear much fruit. That's his will, to get you where he needs to get you. Now, we've got about five minutes, so I'm going to jump in right here. This is perfect. Right here at the end. In verse number 9 of Luke 13. After, you know, after I've dug around it, after I've exposed things and I've put all this fertilizer, this just stinky stuff on it after we've done all this stuff, he said, let's let it alone for a season. And But then he says, and if it bears fruit, all's well. That's great. That's what we want it to do. We want it to respond in the right way. We've got to respond in the right way. He says, If it responds, that's good. If it doesn't, then after that, cut it down. So if or if not, how will we respond? Will we use, I made a nice little phrase here, will we use our manure to mature? Yeah. Will you use that mess to get better or will you just stay unfruitful in your mess? Start singing the blues, woe is me, nobody cares, God don't love me. Come on, somebody. God invested too much into you and I to just let us alone. That's why he kept reminding them, I'll be with you always. I'll come to you. I won't leave you or forsake you. You're never alone. He's, he dwells inside of you. He's with you. And so the thing about these trees is, In the natural way, the tree don't really make a decision. But for us, we can make a decision. We can give up, give in, let go and walk away. Or we can get better, get stronger, be productive, be an example. We can let people know. Remember, a tree is known by the fruit it bears. People know you by the fruit you're bearing. We can let people know who we are by the fruit that we're bearing. When they see you go through the storm and then see you come up with your hands lifted and a praise on your lips, they know something's going on. That digging, that exposure, that, that fertilization, that, that mess, it's simply all to get us better. Honey, you can come to the music. It's just simply to get you and I better. It's not because he, he wants to destroy you. It's not because he doesn't love you. Does God ever get angry with us? I'm sure He does. But have you ever been angry with somebody you love? You didn't stop loving them. It's a weird thing, isn't it, that you can be angry with somebody that you love? But it happens. You know, you ever raise kids, you'll find out. You ever have a friend, you'll find out. You never had a best friend that you got mad at them because they did something, but you still loved them? Or your spouse. Sometimes, I, man, look, you leave your laundry laying in the floor, ah, oh, like I do all the time. My wife said, like, say, Where's that go? And I'm like, I was going to get it. Uh, but no, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about? It's God, yeah, he can, he can be angry with us. The Bible says, Be angry and sin not. And we can get angry sometimes, we can get angry at people. You know sometimes we get angry at God. We don't like to admit that, and we really try not to, need to not be angry with God. We may be angry with a situation, but you don't need to be angry with God, because God has nothing but your best interest at heart. For all things work together to good to them that love God. I want to keep God in the right place. The great first and great commandment is to love God with all my heart. I want to keep Him in the right place. I don't ever want to be angry with Him. Though I know he has been angry with me. But he loves me. And So the digging, the exposure, all that is just to get us better. Because what is inferred by this is that after this season you come back and check it out. And we know that the Lord is coming back. The time is coming when the Lord is coming back To gather his people, to gather a harvest. And so when he comes back, will he find fruit? Will he find us faithful to what he's called us to? In 1 Peter 1 and 7, and you can stand with me as we're closing. 1 Peter 1 and 7 says that the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold that perishes. Though it be tried with fire, it might be tough, it might be hot, it might be hard. Though it be tried with fire, it, that it might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Mm. He said, You're going through it, but he said, It's for a reason. He said, I'm trying to refine you, I don't want you to perish. I want to make you the best that you can be because I'm coming back one day and he said when I come I want it to be praise, honor, and glory. He wants to come and find these trees of righteousness bearing much fruit. We used to sing an old song above all else I must be saved. And so God, you know whatever you've got to do to me don't let me be lost for eternity. We thought, oh, that's that's a scary prayer to pray. But not in the light of eternity. I don't want to be lost. I do not want to have done all I've done and then end up lost. I don't want to have spent years trying to serve him and then be lost. So Lord, whatever you've got to do to me, don't let me be lost for eternity. You know, if you have to dig around, if you have to do those things, okay. But just let me stay with it because I know what you're doing. It's going to work out for my good. Amen.